Hey guys, this is Chris and Megan from Tap the Craft. I'm excited to tell you about a new company that we've partnered with called Hopcloth. Hopcloth is based in Tampa, Florida, and they produce some of the best craft beer apparel around. They have great designs such as the Drink Beer From Here series, supporting all 50 U.S. states, as well as other great designs to show that craft beer is not alcoholism, it's a hobby. There are tees, tanks, and hoodies for men, women, and your newborn future beer lovers. We personally own a handful of their shirts, and we can attest they're super soft and comfortable. You can find their online store at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash hopcloth, or check out our Facebook page for links. What community sounds like? Stay open. craft beer friends and welcome to another episode of tap the craft podcast i am denny lewis and i'm coming to you from boise idaho and my partner in craft from columbus ohio is john ream and john how are you doing tonight you know i mentioned last time that i had allergies Mm -hmm. and uh this time i'm throwing a cold on top of that oh Um, man i had a really bad cold that really wiped me out these last couple days hopefully it's not coming through and i'm going to try to keep the sniffles to a minimum Okay. But, uh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's well. It's been really fun. Well, you know what? Then I guess it's a good thing we have another body on the show with us so you can save your voice so you don't wear it out because we don't want you to get sick on us. But we also are excited to have our Tampa Bay beer guy with us again, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How are you doing tonight, Chris? I'm doing really well, John. We are battling the same allergies and uh, and cold in our house. Well, Megan is. I'm. Uh, I, I've been spared for now. I think. <laughs> is it? Oh, that's lucky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it because of all the traveling you've been doing? I mean, you've been like globe trotting in the last uh, few weeks. We think it's because of the altitude change and the pressure changes in the uh, airplane and all that good stuff that did not help. Let's yeah. just say that. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what a great cure to that is? Probably. I'm going to go with beer. Yeah, it is. It's a great cure. It, it cures me of all my woes. <laughs> so I think you just need to drink some more beer and then you'll feel much better. Can you do well, that? She's got. She's got to drink the beer. I'm. I have no problem drinking beer. Oh, okay. Maybe that's it. Maybe you've reached the. Uh, you know, you're actually immune to it because you've been well uh, med- medicated with. Well, beer. you say that now, and that's just going to ruin it for me. I'll probably get <laughs> sick tomorrow morning. Okay. Well, fingers crossed that you won't. And make sure you keep well uh, nourished with your beer during the recording so that you don't, uh, you know, you got to get immune to that stuff. So mm-hmm, no worries. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hey, let's get into the show. And in case we have any new, new listeners to the show, we will tell you what Tap to Craft is all about. And Tap to Craft is an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer. We want to help people along in their craft beer journey. And you are listening to episode 74. And we're recording on Sunday, May 21st. 2017, and in this episode, we are going to discuss the Asheville, North Carolina beer scene, as experienced by our buddy, Mr. Chris McKenzie. 
Uh, we're also going to be explaining some common used beer slang. And I also have a check it out segment for all of our listeners. Something that I think you guys should check out. And of course, with the three of us, we're going to have some great beer conversation along the way. But before we get into the meat of the show, let's go ahead and see what we're drinking tonight. So, Chris, why don't you start us off and tell us what's in your glass? Okay, so in my glass tonight, I am drinking a uh, from Wild Ride Brewing, Stand Up and Shout mm. uh, Vanilla and Coffee Stout. I had a really great person uh, give me that <laughs> bottle. Uh, it was a f- about a month ago, and okay. I figured it was about time to break it out of the uh, out of the fridge. So, Denny, thank you very much. It's uh, very good. Oh, good, good. Yeah, oh. and any any artwork is fantastic too, huh? It's got some little bit metal theme. Mm-hmm. It's very very good on the bottle. Um, I like it a lot. Okay, good, good. Yeah, this is one that surprised me too. And the first time I I uh, had it was at my friend Sean's house, and he, we you know we. We went out drinking, and we always end up back at his place for some reason because we just, you know, can't stop drinking. And he pulled out this beer that he had got before they were distributing here in the area. He, he had got, uh, I think, when he was when he traveled to, to Portland. And we drank it, and this was probably a year or two ago. And I'll tell you what, I really enjoyed this beer. I was really shocked, and, and I'm glad I was able to, you know, pick a bottle for you and, and let you taste it too because we know how we all like vanilla coffee stuff oh john you all right over there yeah (laughs) well hey hey why don't you uh you know plug that yawn up with a beer and tell us what you're sorry i uh (laughs) i was muting myself and apparently i bumped my mouse when i started my yawn as well i apologize um but yeah i am uh drinking a nice offering from uh trogues brewing tonight I picked up a sampler pack of theirs, and I'll talk about another one of those beers later. Um, but this one right now is the Scratch 284 uh, Raspberry Goes. Um, and uh, even in my current state of cold, this thing has great raspberry aroma. Oh, nice. Um, it's coming through really strong, uh, nice light tartness, uh, and a very uh, nice pinkish uh, hue to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm enjoying this so far. Okay. Um, so yeah. where, where is uh, Trogues out of? Is that an Ohio brewery or? They're Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania? I think, uh, Harrisburg. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I was in Harrisburg. I'm surprised I didn't visit that one. I should have visited. I've had I, Trogues before. I just don't remember where they're from. Yeah. I, 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 if they're not in Harrisburg, I think they're in that general central Pennsylvania area. So. Okay. So what about you? What are you drinking tonight? All right, John. So... You know, I think it I think it was last episode I mentioned that I had a really really good five cap cream ale that I I really enjoyed and I t- I mentioned that I'm probably going to be drinking a lot of this beer this summer because it's really quenches it's a great it's a great summer quencher that when you're out in the hot sun and you want something to cool off real quick this is an easy to drink beer uh, and it's the Mother Earth Brewing's Cali Cream and Vanilla Cream Ale and I'll tell you what, uh, I got to tell a story. So yesterday we were doing our grocery shopping, and like always, I, we mentioned before that we like to you know, per- peruse the beer aisle in the grocery store and see what new things are there that I might want to pick up a six-pack of. And as I was perusing, I saw that they had cans of this beer, six-packs of it in cans, 
And I, I saw the price, and I said, that's got to be a mistake. They had it for five ninety nine a six-pack. And I said, you know what? Um, with that price and that beer, which I already said, it was a five-capper beer for me, I'm going to pick up the last two six-packs they had. So I did. And then I came home, and then I drank one of the full six-packs last night. It goes down so easy, it, and it, it's a great beer. I, I really enjoyed it. So today, we were out. And we had to go to the grocery store again. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to walk down that beer aisle and see if there's any more restocked. And guess what? There were two more six-packs stocked up. And what did I do? Yeah, I bought them both. So I got I got a, a case of this beer for 24 bucks, which is a great price wow. for craft beer. That's a great price. Yeah. So uh, I just want to tell all my Boise friends out there, if you're in the Fred Meyer, check out the beer aisle. And if you want a good summer ale that is easy to drink, you can drink a six-pack in one night with no problem. And it's still, it's like 5.2%. So it's not like it's like no alcohol. It's got, you know, it's got 5.2% alcohol, but it goes down so easy and it's so refreshing. Uh, check out this Mother Earth Cali Creamin Vanilla Cream Ale. All right, so that's my PSA, public service announcement for today. All right, John, um, you know what? We haven't, uh, you know, talked much about any fun stuff we've been doing with craft beer related. So tell me, please, that you did something craft beer related since our last show. Well, it's pseudo craft beer related. Okay. Um, because I, I'm brewing again, which is awesome. Mm. Everything is up and running and functional. Uh, after a, a false start brew day, I got everything put back together, fixed, and uh, actually succeeded in, in brewing beer, and it's uh, about ready to go into a keg. So Wow. I'm excited. Fantastic. All right. Yeah. All right. So um, so you'll be drinking it in, uh, in, in how long? A couple weeks? A week? Uh, hopefully sooner. I'm going to fast carb it. All so, right, all right, okay, so... Yeah, got some vanilla stout uh, ready to go. Oh, yeah, perfect for the summer. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was not my original intent, um, but after the false start, I was like, all right, I'm going something that I'm very familiar with, and like it'll be a little forgiving if I can't find something in the middle of the brew day that's still in a box somewhere, and I okay. need to go find it and that okay. kind of stuff, so... okay. But I made it through. I've got all my gear now in one place, ready to go, and so ready to do some test batching. Okay, good, good. So you're still waiting on uh, – you're still using the same kettles and kits that you had uh, in Washington, correct? You're still using that setup? Correct. Okay, and you still have your, your conical fermenter that you got uh, that you're using there. So that's, that's just fill the beer now. So I assume as soon as you empty out that fermenter – You'll be ready to brew your next batch, right? Yeah. It's going to be a brew, clean, or like package, clean, brew again. All right. So. And, okay, so now I need to hear what your second beer is going to be, and I'm hoping it's not something dark. I'm going Imperial Stout. Barrel <laughs> um, aged. No, I, uh, I haven't decided exactly what I'm going to do next. I have the stuff for uh, trying out some Saison yeasts. Oh. Um, play around with that, and uh, but I also have some other things to to play with that I could go in a different direction. We'll see, see what I what I'm feeling like. Okay, 
Okay, I haven't had any. Have you done a saison before? No. Oh, a first, a first time. Yeah, yeah. So I got a couple of different yeasts to try out, see what I like, um, and uh, let's see. Um, I may pick up another little fermenter to do a, a split batch, even though it won't be exactly the same. You know, since uh, fermenter geometry will be different and whatnot, and temperature okay. control will be a little different, but okay. Okay. We'll see. All right. Well, that sounds exciting. Are you temperature controlling it through, like, pumps in a, in a, in a cooler, or how do you maintain the temperature control? Is, I mean, it's getting warm in Ohio now, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's in, uh, it's in an area that doesn't have too much temperature shift. Um, but, yeah, I've got a, a cooler with pump that is filled with ice, wa- ice water, basically. Okay. Okay. So. All right. Yeah, so that's it for me. And you've been a disappointment as well for the last couple of weeks. So uh, I'm sure you have something um, awesome to talk about. Well, I am still a disappointment, but I do have something awesome to talk about. And uh, I didn't have any fun craft beer activities, but we did have some great news that was released after our last show. And uh, with some help from our buddy Chris, we were able to partner up with a Tampa craft beer apparel shop called Hop Cloth. And we, you're gonna, if you're listening to the show now, you probably already heard the promo in the beginning of the show that we're going to put in there. But uh, I just want to invite all of our listeners to visit the links that will be on our Facebook page and on the show notes and to check out all the great stuff that Hopcloth has to offer. And we will also be having some quarterly contests that will allow you, our listeners, the chance to win some shirts. So don't don't wait for the contest. You know, go ahead and go out there, check out what they have to offer, and and, and grab some great apparel. Um, and then when the contest comes, you can always get that other shirt that you you may have uh, wanted but you didn't quite you know pull the trigger on. So stay tuned for the announcements coming soon for that. So th- that's my great news, and I just want to thank Chris. Thank you again for reaching out to Hopcloth and uh, getting our first partnership. So thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. All right, now, Chris, since you're, you're ready to spot talk because John and I have been taking up all the mic time so far, let's get in to some fun activities that you were doing the last couple weeks. And this is kind of the reason why I wanted to bring you on, not just because you know we do love talking with you and our listeners love hearing you, but I'm being a little selfish, and I really wanted to hear about all the fun that you had in Asheville, North Carolina, crawling, uh, you know, doing brew, brew crawls, brew pub crawls all across that city. And so, hey, why don't we start off and talk about your visit to North Carolina? And I'm curious, what was the main reason for you deciding that right now was the time that you were going to take a trip to Asheville, North Carolina? We, uh, we needed a vacation. Um, and, and <clears throat> beer is probably one of the best vacations I can ever think of. Um, Megan, my wife agrees with me. She said, <laughs> you know, if we're, if we're going to go somewhere, there's gotta be good beer to go along with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so was it Asheville because it was one of the closest places to where you're at in Tampa or is this just a spot that you knew was a, it was a haven for good craft beer and you thought, you know what, let's just go there. 
Well, we knew it was good for craft beer. Uh, we had some friends that have always said, oh, you know, every time we go to Asheville, we have such a great time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was close. We decided to fly. Um, of course you've, most times you fly, you can't get just a direct flight anywhere anymore. So, you know, we flew into Atlanta and then took a half hour, <laughs> took a half hour flight from Atlanta into, uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina, and then drove an hour North into Asheville. So, oh my uh, gosh. It, it, I mean, it, it wasn't like a hop, skip and a jump away, but it wasn't very far. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Now, did you plan this around the fact that last week was American Craft Beer Week and you wanted to be able to celebrate American Craft Beer Week with all these great breweries in that area? I, I really wish I could say that yes, uh, but no. I didn't know it was American Craft Beer Week until we actually got there. <laughs> so it, whether, you know, if I, I guess I'm being a letdown too. So I uh, no, it was not, the, not one of the purposes. Were there any like cool activities that were going on during that week because of American craft beer week, or was it just another regular week in Asheville? You know what? I don't, uh, the only reason I saw that it was American craft beer week was because of untapped. Uh, I, there was nothing there that was organized saying, Hey, help celebrate American craft beer week. Uh, come in and check out this bottle release or check out this, what we have on tap. It was just, it was just another, another week in anywhere. I don't, I don't really think I remember seeing anything, anywhere other than on untapped about uh american craft beer week okay okay now john i i have to agree with chris that this was probably this american craft beer week was probably the lamest one i've had in the last five years in the boise area it there really wasn't that many activities going on we had i think we had payette was doing uh activity every night and then there was a few of the different pubs and stuff that were going on and doing stuff here and there reality is is we didn't have as many activities from the breweries that we normally had in the columbus area did you guys have a lot of activities and did you do any uh american beer craft beer week activities this last week uh well columbus craft beer week coincided with american craft beer week so there were tons of events going on um but uh we didn't make it over to columbus for any of them um we've been uh super busy out here and uh we uh, there was a festival going on uh, last night actually um but uh it couldn't couldn't go cuz i well one i ended up being really sick and two it was uh my son's birthday so oh yeah uh it was a little frowned upon to leave leave that <laughs> go to your festival um you take him with you I, what's the problem yeah this one this one is 21 only uh 21 plus so uh but yeah th- so there was ton of events going on out here um and same in seattle uh seattle craft beer week was going on as well okay so i was following along with some of the stuff going on there okay and, and you know what i think that makes that makes a good point that if the if the city's craft beer week falls within the same week as the american craft beer week there's gonna be a lot of activities and i mentioned the month of april was the first year that we had craft beer month in in idaho it was idaho craft beer month so i wonder if that's why we didn't have anything going on this week because we already spent you know they already went out and and did all the fun activities the month before so that could be and it's actually this coming week is uh craft beer week in uh Asheville. so we missed that by a week again 
Uh, we failed. We failed again. Okay. Okay. So maybe that's why Asheville. You didn't really notice that there was too much going on there either, because they were they knew that a week later was going to be their activity. So all right. Yeah. Now now we know. Now we know. Next year, Chris, uh, make sure you plan your visit to whatever city you're going to go to in the week that the their craft beer week is. I'll start planning the bug in Megan's head now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, and remember, you can always come to Idaho in April, and then you can celebrate a whole month of craft beer here. I don't, don't have that much vacation time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I hear you. All right. So, Chris, you you mentioned you wanted to – you went to Asheville just to go drink craft beer and visit breweries. So how many breweries did you actually make it to while you were there? Um, so I took a quick count this afternoon. Uh, we visited 11. Only, Uh, only 11. How many are there? Only 11. (laughs) Um, so we thought there were, you know, what we could find through Google maps and stuff like that. But come to find out, um, I got a hold of a book that has something at least 30 or 40 in Mm. the area. So again, yeah, they're, they're around like 45. So you need at least three more trips. (laughs) Yeah. Finish it so, with this pace. Once again, <laughs> epic fail on my part. <laughs> wow, I had no idea there was that many breweries in that small area. So that's impressive. Yeah, I was I was really amazed by how many. Uh, you know, you'd, you'd go to one brewery, then you'd walk a block or you know a block away, and there was another one. Then you turn the corner, and there was another one there. So it was mm-hmm. they were right on top of each other. Okay, okay. So now. You went to 11 breweries. Now, were there any surprises that you weren't expecting? Like a brewery that, that like just blew your socks off or either from the, you know, you know how the, the buildings and the land or even just a beer. I mean, did you go to a brewery where you said, yeah, let's try this place. And then you were like, holy smokes, I never even heard of this brewery and their beer is fantastic. Is there any surprises you had? Um, so there were a couple of beers that I had that I wanted to talk about in uh, the new and noteworthy section. Okay, okay. So we'll we'll get into those here in a minute. But um, the the two breweries that were the most memorable, I think, um, and I hated to even pick these because these were the really <laughs> these were the the big the big guys in that area. Um, new Belgium for one. Um, it, it was it was pretty pretty large, pretty impressive. Um, but it was a great area. I mean, they had, you know, a big area outside where you could sit and enjoy beers and food and, uh, a great area inside with, um, a handful of beers that you can't get in distribution, mm-hmm. which is, which is nice. I yeah. mean, I think, I think everything I did try there, at least in my flight that I got, uh, was all stuff that I could get, just go to the store and buy. But, um, mostly everything that Megan got was, um, you know, it was all stuff that we had never heard of, yeah. and um, you know, so it was all really good. Um, so, so why didn't you try for stuff you you couldn't get normally in your flight? Also, she the stuff that was available was all um, kind of it didn't sound really appealing to me because it was really uh, kind of in the sour families and okay. stuff like that. So I kind of steered away from that. But they had beers that I hadn't tried yet that I wanted to. That I wanted to try. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I so I, I got a hold of those just to check for when um, when I get home. Okay. Okay. So now I I followed you along pretty closely, both on Untapped and on the Facebook page, 
the page and your own Facebook because I was always curious. You're posting a lot of photos, a lot of updates, and there was one very interesting update you did, and it was a video where, to me, it looked like maybe there was something rustling in the trees where you were you were hiking. What was going on? So that was actually at the house where we were staying. Oh. Uh, that was uh, a mama bear with two of her cubs. <laughs> Uh, that was right, uh, I don't know, less than a 100 or 150 feet from the door to our room. Oh, wow. And uh, she was just kind of hanging out, crawling up the mountain a little bit, and uh, taking the kids with her. See, John, you can take the kids with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's that's true. If, if Mama Bear can do it, John, you can do it too. Just put them yeah. under your jacket or something. I just act like a mama bear. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you know, a real a real beer drinker would have uh, would have said, uh, "Hey, son, your birthday's on Friday," because Saturday we got, we got a beer a beer uh, <laughs> festival to go to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd love to see how that goes over. <laughs> I'm just joking, just joking, John. You got you did good. I you're right. Much better to spend the time with the family, celebrating a birthday, and. Just just a side note, because I get off on tangents all the time, I love the photos that Kristen posted uh, on Facebook of Charlie's birthday. Um, really cute, fantastic uh, photos. It looks like you guys had a great time celebrating. How, is it his fourth birthday? Yeah, four. Four years old. So he's right in his, uh, what do they call the fours? Is it, it's terrible twos. What's fours? I don't know. Ferocious. They're yeah, they're all bad. <laughs> <laughs> they're all terrible. <laughs> well, I I can't see any terrible in in either of your children. They both were so happy, and uh, that was great. So, happy birthday to Charlie. A little bit late yeah. one day. Okay, all right. Where are we at here, Chris? So we we mentioned the Bears. We mentioned uh, New Belgium. Uh, how about uh, Sierra Nevada? Now you you went to Sierra Nevada, and I was. Again, you posted some great photos of the of the facility, uh, and I, I was pretty impressed, uh, you know, with with their space. But you kind of made a comment that this is like a pretty big, like amusement park almost. Yeah, I think uh, somebody commented on the Facebook page that a friend of his calls it Malt Disney World. <laughs> All right. All right. And uh, it it was just it the the facility was just absolutely just monstrous um you all the way to the left of the property there was um a restaurant and a tap room uh it was all kind of this whole um rustic lodge feel i mean even when you get in get into the property there's just a it's like a mile long driveway just to get up to the brewery and the driveway is lined with um you know walls of stone and and different like timbers and stuff like that and really cool lighting um, and then you get up to the facility, uh, to the left is, um, this, the, like I said, their restaurant and their tasting room and stuff like that, where their food was terrific. Mm. Um, it's just it, th- to see how long they've been, been around. I mean, they've, they've been around for 20 plus years. If I, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, they've been around for 30 some years. Yeah. Well, it definitely shows that they reinvested into their business because that place is, it's not only is it beautiful, but it's, you know, so well laid out and, um, it's, I just wanted to stay there all day, but we had to go catch a plane on our last, you know, on our <laughs> last day. Do they have a um, hotel there? No, that okay. was the only thing that they didn't have. 
Um, but it was, you know, so from, from the left side of the facility, if you walked out of the tasting room and uh, restaurant, if you walked to the back of it, they had um, kind of a lawn area where you walk out and they had a small amphitheater where they did live music. Um, they had another bar outside. Uh, of course, they had cornhole and games to play mm-hmm. and um, kind of Adirondack chairs just to sit outside and enjoy the outside. Um, they grew their, I think, the majority of their own vegetables for all the food in their restaurant oh, out nice. there. Um, I mean, it was it was a phenomenal um a phenomenal facility. I mean, if, uh, if people haven't looked at it on, on, on our Facebook page, go check it out or, you know, go check it out on through Sierra Nevada. Cause I'm sure there's pictures of it there. Um, and then they have a, a self guided tour that you can take, um, with all the, uh, different tools that they've been using through the past 20 or 30 years. You know, there were, um, you know, bottles of, you know, Bigfoot, like you guys, uh, oh, yeah. I'm sure you guys saw the, the 1991 Bigfoot or 1987 Bigfoot, or uh, it, it was just really cool to see all that stuff there just kind of on display and, you know, f- kind of from where they came from. And now they have this just, I mean, it had to, I, I'm not even going to try to guesstimate how big it was, but, you know, it had to have been a hundred thousand, 200,000 square foot facility. Nice. Wow. Yeah. I was uh, I was impressed. I was I I really enjoyed the photos you you posted and seeing the kettles, the copper kettles. They were copper, right? It looked like they were copper. Yeah. I mean, I, did they mention how they keep those clean, or did you go on a did you go on a tour, or did you just go and do a self guided tour? We did the self guided one. Uh, we didn't have. They did tours on on, to, on the top of the hour, and we got there. Uh, but. It, I know it was like three thirty or two thirty when we got there, and we had to leave at like three to go catch our flight. Oh, um, so we just kind of ran around and did the quick self-guided tour. Um, but those kettles were in—they were in operation when we were there. So I mean, it, it smelled so good in there. Oh, nice! Um, you could see one of the kettles had wort in it; it was boiling. Um, one of the there were two larger kettles the opposite side of that picture and one was a whirlpool and one was the louder ton um it was just it was incredible how big they were Mm -hmm. Uh, and those those kettles you had mentioned that they were copper um they used a lot of copper throughout their restaurant Uh, all their all of their duct work i if it wasn't actual copper it was um plated in copper but i know that stuff isn't cheap yeah oh yeah uh, it was it was just a beautiful facility, and like I said in the Facebook post, is if you ever get the chance to go there, definitely go there. Um, and we wouldn't. I'll be honest with you. I looked at that and went, "Okay, Sierra Nevada. Yeah, I guess it's okay. They make good beer." Um, <laughs> but you know, I'm kind of I'm still in the mindset of, "Hey, you know, I want to support the you know the local the craft small, companies." Yeah. 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 I mean, everything from the service that we had to the food that we, we ordered to the beers that we had were all just top-notch. And they they have figured it out, and they have um, – whatever they're doing, they're doing it right, and I and I hope they continue doing it that way. Nice, nice. Right. Yeah, that's definitely a place that I want to get to because, you know, speaking of doing it right, I know a lot of planning and execution went into making that facility as sustainable as possible mm-hmm. um, and everything they could in terms of uh, the environmental impact of, of brewing, uh, they looked at it all and tried to uh, minimize their footprint, footprint yeah. uh, however they could. So all right. All right. I, I definitely want to go even just for that 
aspect of it. Yeah, it sounds like a write-off. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you can, you, write, you can write the trip off for, for learning how to be self-sustaining. Uh, Research and development. Yes. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, talk Kristen into it. Better do it now before it gets, uh, you know, you get too busy. Yeah, I don't really, talking her into a trip is not difficult. It's, uh, <laughs> logistics and paying for it all, that's the hard part. That's true, that's true. <laughs> you can always make more money, just fine, just go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just money. <laughs> well, you know what, talking about money, I'm curious, how was the, you know, was it expensive at each, I mean, bunch of breweries, you know, you, everyone knows it's a tourist attraction basically to go through Asheville and all the the breweries did you feel that the pricing was more expensive because it was Asheville or was the pricing reasonable at all the places I thought the pricing was pretty reasonable um when you know when we got our tabs I never looked at my bill and went oh geez that was yeah I'll know better for next time no I mean it was um actually I want to say per ounce Sierra Nevada was more expensive really well, the flights that you normally get are four to five ounce tasters. Yeah. And in most places you get four or five glasses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it can be anywhere from, I don't know, six, seven, eight bucks to ten, twelve dollars. Yeah. Well, Sierra Nevada was four two ounce tasters. So they were shot glasses. Yeah. And that was six dollars. What? Wow. Yeah. But of course, you know, when you're there, you know, when you're in Rome, obviously, you know, we had to get two flights, of course. <laughs> well, you had to get two because they were so small. So right. two flights is equal to one normal flight. Right. So, but even, I guess even if I look at it now, if you order two flights, that was 12 bucks. That would have been, you know, two, uh, two pints. Four, four, four ounce. You know, I guess really now that I think about it, it wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah, that's that's really what we did at every single brewery was just, hey, let's just get a flight, try out some stuff that we can't get at home. Mm-hmm. Um, if we need to, we'll get a second flight just to kind of try as much as we possibly can. And I want to say out of the 11 breweries, I want to say I tried 32, 33 different beers while we were there. Wait a minute. That's only an average of three beers per stop. Look, Danny Math isn't my strong <laughs> <laughs> I think you probably should double that. You probably don't realize you actually tried uh, as many as you did. I just assume we're on the disappointment theme. <laughs> yes. Yeah, John knows what's going on. Oh, you, no, you didn't disappoint me, but I think you're a little bit low on the 32. I think it's probably more than that. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll double check for next time. Okay. No problem. Uh, no problem. So, um, you know what? I, I want to also mention that you were able to meet up with one of our listeners. You want to talk about that? Absolutely. Uh, we got to meet up with uh, with Dustin and uh, his now fiance, Caitlin. So All congratulations right. on that, guys. Um, this was, uh, and come to find out, that happened right before they got to Asheville. So again, congratulations to you guys on the engagement. Uh, but yeah, we got to spend some time with Dustin and Caitlin. Uh, Megan and I did uh, went out to a couple breweries with them. We actually did a a haunted comedy tour oh, with cool. them. So we got on a we got on a bus. Uh, we were able to take beer on the bus. Uh, it was just kind of some haunted folklore or you know haunted stories from around Asheville. Uh, it was a great um, 
a great tour. It was about two hours long and uh, it was really funny. We had a lot of fun doing that. And I think Megan has some slightly compromising video of me oh. with a microphone in my hand. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, you know, they they say they need an assistant. When you're buzzed, you immediately raise your hand. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, well, I, I do. Um, so, and of course I was sitting in the front because I was one of the last people on the bus. So the guy pulled me up and so we'll see if that ends up on Facebook. I don't know if it will or not. She's, I don't know if she's holding on to it for future blackmail or what, but, um, I'm surprised it's not up there. Okay. Okay. Well, good. But I- yeah, we, and I was going to say, and we kept uh, we kept running into them after we parted ways with Dustin and Caitlin. We actually ran into them at Sierra Nevada. They were getting ready to head up to uh, somewhere in Tennessee on their way home. So we ran into them there. Uh, we ran into them, or they had just left New Belgium when we got there. So they were leaving the parking lot as I was getting out of the car. So I waved them down and just kind of said, <laughs> just kind of, you know, wanted to say hello and, fu- and officially introduce ourselves and say, and you know, see if we could uh, start scheduling time to go grab some beers together. But uh, we had an absolute blast with them. We were able to do some, uh, some beer trading, uh, which was fantastic. Uh, he, Dustin, you really went above and beyond with the amount of beers that you gave me. I kind of felt guilty taking all the beer that he brought for me because I, I brought him three bombers worth, um, and he really hooked me up. I think I had about uh, – I think it was about 12, 12 bottles, not oh, wow. bombers, but, you know, like yeah. you know, 12-ounce bottles and stuff like that. But uh, many, many, many thank yous, Dustin, because that's uh, – I'm starting into that, that collection now. Well, see – now, Chris, you know how I felt when I arrived with my lowly six-pack to give – or no, yeah, I gave you six? Now you remember how I mean I gave you – I gave John a five-pack, so I don't even know what I gave you, Chris. But and then when you showed up with all the beer that you brought to our Vegas thing, I felt pretty pretty sad that, uh, that I didn't uh, come with more. But uh, I was also appreciative of your drink. So thank you, Dustin, for hooking our buddy Chris up with some hopefully great beer. I mean, I saw what I saw what uh, what was delivered, and I I thought those were some pretty sharp beers myself. So I look forward to seeing you log those in and untapped. Yeah, we we uh, actually logged one of them today, and uh, one of them that I've had is uh, one of my new and noteworthy. Ooh, all right. We can't wait for that. That's coming up. That's coming up. Well. A couple more things, and we'll get off the Asheville thing. Um, actually, at least one more thing. So, you know that in the last episode, we John and I did talk about a couple sellouts that occurred. And right before your trip, Wicked Weed announced, or it was announced, that Wicked Weed sold out to AB InBev. Now, my question is, when you were there, right after this occurred, did you see any signs of that announcement affecting Wicked Weed's business or were people talking around town or you, you hear any negative connotations associated with that while you were there? Um, I didn't hear anyone outright say anything negative about it. Uh, if it is affecting their business, well, if it's affecting their business, then they must have been extra busy because they were they were plenty busy while we were there. Uh, we went there twice, actually. Uh, when, and I have to say, uh, and I'm not ashamed to say it, the some of the best beers that I had while I was in Asheville all came from Wicked Weed. Nice. 
Um, so much so, even even the sours and, <laughs> and um, Brett type beers uh, that I I have extras in the fridge right now because, wow. well, I mean Megan liked them, but I I had them too. Um, but yeah, the first night we were there, that's where we went for dinner. Was it was it Wicked Weed? Um, and I normally just you know ask the wait staff, hey, you know what's your popular stuff on tap? And without missing a beat, the waiter goes, oh, well, now we've got uh, Budweiser and McUltra. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, all right, this dude's getting a good tip. Um, but it was, but I did actually hear a couple of people walking in front of us, down, going down the sidewalk on the way there. Um, there was a couple in front of Megan and I, and the one of them pointed at the... Um, at Wicked Weed and said, "Hey, did you know that uh, that Anheuser Busch or AB InBev just just bought them?" Um, some people in the area were definitely a little upset by it, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I guess rightly so. I mean, Asheville is definitely a very tight knit, uh, buy local or don't buy anything at all kind of place. Yeah, um, and that I mean. I mean, I hope it works out for the best for those guys. I know uh, the owners are taking a lot of flack from the craft beer community. Oh, yeah. Um, they were getting ready to put on um, a beer event, and uh, and I think there were supposed to be like 70 different breweries coming to this event, and now everybody's just about pulled out of it just because of the news that they sold to ABN Bev. Yeah. Yeah, they, so, a- they actually canceled the uh, the festival this year because of the dropout rate, so... Yeah, it's kind of sad. Well, you know what? It warms my heart to know that I've I've been promoting Wicked Weed, even though I haven't had their beer, just in the fact that I've been wanting to go to this brewery for a long time just because of the Funkatorium. You know, their sours, their bread, the different stuff they do outside of what normal you know craft beer is. And I'm so happy that you actually went and you being a guy that doesn't necessarily like sour and brett type beers you actually are you have just given a testimonial on how good their beer is so um yeah it warms my heart that you found some good sours that you really enjoyed yeah and a handful of those beers were uh were sours and and the brett type beers too and they were all all off of Megan's flight, of course, but I tried them and I was like, "Hey, these these aren't too bad." And every time that happens, I'm like, "Maybe it's finally happening. Yeah. Maybe maybe my palate is changing to the point where I'm going to start liking these." And yeah. then I try something really funky that she orders, and I go, oh, "Maybe not." <laughs> so one one other thing you mentioned is that first night that you went, it was on a it was on a weekend night, right? Like a Saturday or sun was it Saturday or Sunday? Yep. And, it was Saturday. And you actually wanted to order flights, and you told me that they don't do flights on the weekends. What's the deal behind that? So a lot of places that we went, actually, we, we went uh, to Wicked Weed that night, and we also went to Green Man, uh, Green Man Brewing, if any of our listeners have heard of them. Um, I know we get them here in Florida and Ohio. Uh, John Cavalier distributes uh, Green Man up in Ohio. Um, and... I said, hey, can I get a, well, this was at Wicked Weed. I said, hey, can I get a flight? And he said, no, because we're really busy on Saturday nights. Uh, we normally don't do flights. But I said, okay, well, then I guess I'll just have to come back on a Sunday night or a Monday <laughs> afternoon 
and get a flight or two. Um, when we went to Green Man, it was almost the same thing. I said, you know, can I get a can we get a flight to share? And they said, well, we have two pre-made flights where they had like an IPA type flight, and then there was just a flight of um, their um, their flagship beers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I definitely get that. Dust, that was something that I, Dustin, were talking about. Um, you know, pouring flights, uh, if, if you're not aware, definitely does take some extra time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if, I mean, if they're slammed busy, I, I, I get it. I've, I've been in the service industry before, and I definitely understand, you know, when you're slammed busy and you got to take, you know, that 30 extra seconds or two extra minutes or whatever, I mean, it can it can put a kink in the whole flow of the, of the establishment. So yeah, yeah. I get it. It was weird, but I mean, I definitely get it. So, I mean, were both these was, was green man also a restaurant and tap room or just a tap room? Just a tap room. Green man had the most absolute comfortable bar chairs I have ever sat in, in my life. I did not want to leave. Okay. So how many people did that tap room fit? That where they would be so busy they couldn't serve up some flights. I'm just curious for my own sake. For Wicked Weed or Green Man? Yeah, well, for both of them. I mean, Wicked Weed has a restaurant and tap room, but but Green Man, for example, only had a tap room. But were they pumping in as as were they trying to get more people in and out, and that's why they didn't want to worry about the flights, or was it just a small? Was it a big tap room where they had a hundred, hundred and fifty seats that they're trying to? maintain so they had at green man they had two people working behind the bar they had one guy you know kind of bussing tables um and then um i know there were at least 20 to 25 seats at the bar uh probably six to eight tables inside the bar and then there were another uh another four to five tables outside with a long bar outside that could have probably held 15 people or so. And it was, it was kind of, you know, kind of busy. Okay. Um, at green man, uh, wicked weed, um, they, they could have held a, a hundred plus people. Okay. No questions asked. So, okay. Like I said, I, I definitely get it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. John, did you have anything that I, we haven't already talked about that you wanted to find out from Chris, uh, during his visit? No, I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, good. I'm glad that I was able to pull out everything that John wanted to know about Asheville. So that was that's awesome. All right, John or Chris, do you have anything else you want to say before I, we move on? Mm, no, I mean, if you have the chance to go, definitely go. Um, they seem to be kind of like us in the Tampa Bay area, where they're adding new breweries all the time, um, and just get out there and enjoy the area. Cause it not only is there a ton of beer and a ton of great beer out there, it's a, it's a beautiful area to be in. Um, we even got to go try some beer at the Biltmore estate too, which was, which was kind of nice. So. Okay, cool. All right. Okay, John, now it's your time to shine. You get ready to, 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 you know, massage those vocal cords so you can go and fill us in on what's going on with Trek brewing. Now don't hold back. Don't make me, Go call your wife and have her come on the show and, and actually tell us all, spill all the news. So it's your time to let us know what's going on. Yeah, I feel like we've just had a disappointment theme for this whole episode. <laughs> like, this has been my one designated spot to let you down. You know? <laughs> with but it's I unusual for you. Yeah. Uh, no, so we got uh, the new kettles arrived for the, the, the pilot system. The, the one barrel kettles arrived. Um, 
and uh so those are nice big and shiny um are, i'm excited are, to, to get those going but I, i'm not going to be brewing on them uh while i test batch just because it's too much beer to get through yeah um, and i, I don't want to just dump it all out because I'll, I'll need keg space and everything else okay. um so those will be uh kind of just set in the corner for now Okay. Um, did you did you buy um, kettles that already have elements and everything already attached? Or are you going to be doing that same work you did on your original setup, where you have to drill all those holes and put everything in yourself? Uh, I bought kettles that had uh, fittings and everything, and the holes already drilled. Okay. Um, they they don't have like elements permanently attached. Um, they're they actually with tri clamps, um, which are the fittings that you'll see in every commercial brewery. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm excited for that. It's going to be, I think those are going to be awesome. Um, and I got to, you know, order them with exactly what I wanted, where mm-hmm. I wanted. Okay. Um, which was nice. Well, good. Good. So, yeah, that's, that's a big thing from, uh, actual brewing perspective. And the other, big thing which i'm kind of just teasing a bit is that we did a video shoot uh for our upcoming indiegogo campaign which i think when this episode releases i think the same day there might be some more information available all right so you may or may not have already seen that by the time you listen to this but uh you know that'll be out there and uh Frankly, I'm a movie star now. Oh, and uh (laughs) so i'm ditching this brewery thing going hollywood (laughs) All right, so so wait, so tell us more about this video that you made. Is it uh, just uh, you you smiling with the little twinkle in your teeth, you know, type you know, type of thing? Or are you talking? What are you what are you actually talking about? Just about your, you know, I mean, it's an India Indiegogo campaign, and it's to fund a certain uh, aspect of the uh, of the site. Is that what you're talking about? It's just what it's going to be used for, or are you talking about the, you know. Or are you going to keep yeah. it a secret? Is I don't want to pry too much if it needs to be a secret. Bit, bit about the brewery, bit about the project. Um, you know, it's not going to be too long. Um, but uh, and thankfully, we're, we're going to, I think, get in a lot of photos and other things, so you won't have to stare at my ugly mug for too long. <laughs> so everybody will be uh, feel good about that. Okay. So. Okay. Well, good. Well, that's exciting, and I'm looking forward to this India Go Go campaign launching and all of our listeners when it launches pay attention to our twitter and our facebook and find out how you can be a part of this you know this startup that'd be great i can't wait to be a part of it i'm not putting that on our facebook page (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i don't don't want people panhandling on there oh (laughs) no absolutely it'll definitely go up on there (laughs) yeah all right. Anything else about the brewery? Are you uh, I, I, okay? Let me just since you don't think there's news. So uh, again, your wife is fantastic at providing updates on the website and on the Facebook and on all the social media. It's fantastic. Uh, good articles at trekbeer.com. So go check out trekbeer.com for all the detailed articles that she puts up there. But she did mention that there. And this is a normal thing for startups, right? You 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 start moving forward, and all of a sudden something comes up where you got to take a couple steps back and wait for something else to you know clear before you can move on. So right now, 
we're waiting on basically permission to start construction, right? You guys went through all the plans and you had made some changes and now you're just waiting for the go, the permits and everything just to say, yep, let's start uh, tearing the place down and rebuilding the ports we need to rebuild. Is that correct? Um, mostly, yeah. We're uh, still working out a few things in the budget and uh, getting that squared away and then we'll start tearing stuff apart. And then you'll get to see photos of uh, me being real manly and just breaking stuff, you know. Okay. That'll be fun. I don't want to see it. You know, you, one picture of you with a, you know, with a big giant uh, hammer in your hand, and then the next picture of you with the cast on your leg or something. Don't, don't be. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going some kind of saw and, uh, you know, loss of limb. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. That's going to make it hard to start up this brewery if you're only one handed. So, so we'll, we'll go ahead and get the over under started on the Facebook page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, in addition to the Indiegogo, we'll have a GoFundMe. And, uh, <laughs> <all bills. laughs> all right. That sounds like fun. Okay, now, enough joking aside. Let's get into some serious business. And, Chris, you mentioned you were teasing us with some noteworthy beers that you want to talk about from your trip to Asheville. So why don't you start us off and tell us what some of these noteworthy beers that you want to talk about. Okay. Um, so one of the uh, beers that uh, I had uh, kind of early on in our trip was from Catawba Brewing. We had a brown ale called Peanut Butter Jelly Time. I saw that. Which which um, I, I have no clue how they did it, but it literally tasted like I was biting into a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on white bread. Wow. Um, I mean, there was the, the flavors that were in it weren't, uh, weren't really sweet, weren't really overpowering. They were just right. Um, and I, I mean, there was kind of a, um, there was the fruit flavor. I think it was raspberries they had in there. There was a fruit flavor. It was, um, aged on peanuts. And then I would have to imagine they use some sort of, uh, some sort of yeast. Or I, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they took the you know, threw a bunch of white bread in the, uh, in the fermenter <laughs> and that's, that's how they got the flavor out of it. But it was, uh, it, it was incredible how, how close it tasted to biting into a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Wow. Um, and that was, that was a definite four capper on untapped. Um, cause it, even though those are some, those can be some pretty strong flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would have definitely had a full glass of that. Um, and most of what we had again was all in flights, so we drank what we could yeah. um, in in the flights. And uh, but yeah, we had uh, we had some donuts from next door at this place called Vortex Donuts, and we paired it with our flight. So I mean, that was, <laughs> I mean that's just hard hard living right there. Um, and then uh, over at Sierra Nevada, they had one of the beers that they had that was uh, brewery brewery released only. They had a uh, Madeira barrel aged quad with cherries. Yum! And it was oh man, it was this one was big flavored though. This one was you know sweet cherries up front, um, and then it kind of you get the Madeira barrel. You know you kind of get the uh, the acid from the Madeira barrel, and the uh, uh, the oak stands out at the end. I mean it was it was very very well put together and. Mm-hmm. I was I was really happy we got to try that one. That was a that was a four and a half capper for nice. for me on Untapped. I mean it was it was so good, 
and it was way too easy to drink. Uh, for I, I want to say it was like a ten percent beer or something like oh, that. Oh wow, yeah. And and it it just went down way too easy. Um, definitely definitely one that could get you in trouble. Okay, now have you had other? I, I'm I'm assuming this might be part of their Abbey series. I I get all their Abbey series. Um, you know Belgian beers. I love all of them. I every time one comes out, I buy one. And they they're fantastic. Um, have you had any other Abbey series stuff like their Ovilla? Uh, quads so, and triples and and stuff like I, that. I not until I was there. I know we did have uh, o- Ovila or mm-hmm. Ovila. Yeah. Uh, we we did have that there, um, but I don't I don't think we get any of the Abbey stuff here. It's it, you'd, you'd have to get it at a at a bottle shop. They only come in. I mean, there's usually like limited amounts. So you got you have a good bottle shop in Tampa that you go to. Yeah, we have a couple. Yeah, so you should. They, they don't come out. They they come out at uh, at certain times of the year. So you got to be. I don't remember when. It, I think it's towards fall, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe or maybe now. You know, John, when when the Ovila or whatever, however you say it, uh, series comes out. No, I can't remember. Okay, I I absolutely love those beers. I like I said, every single one that comes out, I buy. Um, they're just so. They, I mean, Sierra Nevada is such a great job with them and it's so much different from their normal hoppy stuff that you get from sierra nevada it just blows my mind that they can have such a a vast difference in in beer styles and and do it so well yeah i'll have to definitely keep an eye out for those um because like i said earlier i guess i kind of always overlooked sierra nevada um because i was always i kind of always go for like the the next greatest thing or something i haven't tried or um, I, I definitely need to start paying more attention to Sierra Nevada cause they're, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're doing a really good job. We're good. Um, and then, uh, the third one that I had was from our listener, Dustin, Dustin Hoffman was from the brewery where he works was from three sheeps. Uh, and it was their first kiss. Um, and it was an Imperial IPA with, uh, honey in it. Oh, wow. And, um, it was it was, I mean, it was another beer that just, um, it was way too easy to drink because it was, it was nice and sweet up front and then it finished, uh, the hops popped out in the end. Um, and the, the honey kind of lends some floral notes to it. And I mean, it was just, it was just really good. And I, I'm kind of set. I, I don't know if there's more of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, I got a little bit, I, I'm, I'm fortunate to say that I got a little bit of everything from Three Sheep, so we're uh, we're excited to try those out too. Awesome! Um, but uh, that is that is all for me for right now. Uh, so, what about you? Uh, Avila is an April release. April, according to their website. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, so we should oh, be seeing it soon. Then we should be seeing it soon. So- out there, or you just missed it. No, no. I, I, hey, I've been buying a ton of beer, so I would have not missed it if, if it if it was out there. I'd be grabbing it right now. So it's got to be close. Maybe I I didn't go this weekend, so maybe I need to go visit during the week this week because I don't want to miss out for sure. So thank you, John, for for uh, looking that up for us. Yeah, what no a, problem. What about you, John? What have you uh, you had new than noteworthy? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm sticking Midwest here now that I'm now that I'm out here. Um, so start off with one from the Brew Kettle, uh, which is their uh, 
Kitka chocolate coconut milk stout, um, mm. which is an absolutely delicious beer. The coconut comes through really nicely. And uh, this one, we were kind of talking about because it it's kind of a unique uh, coconut character. Uh, and uh, it, it almost comes across kind of like a, like a coconut milk type thing, like it's rather than the, the toasted coconut. Um, and uh, I, I don't know, it was just kind of different and unique and very nice. And I will say this pairs nicely with a cigar. So uh, <laughs> if you're looking for something, uh, this worked out really nicely for me. <laughs> well, you, um, well, you had a cigar with it? Yeah. Ah, I didn't know you were a cigar uh, connoisseur. Connoisseur is a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> I I had my like one of two or three a year that I'll have. So. Awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's another little tip. That's one uh, of my favorite beers from the brew kettle. Yeah, it, it was very nice, and um, been slowly sampling uh, through their catalog. Uh, on previous trips back to Ohio and now that we're here, just when something new pops up on the shelf, um, just been filtering through. So, uh, so I mentioned I had another one from Trogues, uh, and that, that is their crimson pistol, uh, which is an IPA with, uh, hibiscus flowers. Yeah. And I know last episode, uh, we talked about floral IPA. Yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah. So, uh, so this, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I gave this a four. This is, um, see, and you you never fail to surprise me, John. You never fail to surprise me. Hey, I stay open minded. <laughs> um, but uh, this thing, uh, when you pour it, it's got a nice red hue to it, um, and uh, the, it does have the floral notes, um, but it also still has uh, some of the like tropical kind of character. There's a little mm-hmm. bit of berry kind yeah. of character coming through. Uh, so there's more going on than just the floral aspect of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this beer. So uh, if you can get your hands on it, I'd recommend it. Yeah, sounds uh, great. Keep an open mind. Don't let uh, Denny put you in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> and then my last one, uh, going sticking with IPAs. Uh, so Columbus Brewing, um, they won – uh, gold for their uh, their Bodie IPA a year or two ago, um, and uh, so I picked up uh, an Imperial IPA from them called uh, Creeper, hmm. and uh, this thing's very nice. Um, it's very resinous, um, but it has a bunch of citrus in there as well um, coming through. It, it it drinks real easy, and I actually just filled my glass with some new medicine for my cold. Um, with one of these. Um, so, uh, I, I'm continuing to be impressed by their, their hoppy offerings. Um, cause I never drank a lot of Columbus, uh, brewing company beer before I left Ohio. And so I'm kind of reacquainting myself with, with all these breweries now, um, since I can afford to buy craft beer now, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, it's kind of nice. Well, good, but. Yeah. So, Denny, how about you? All right. Well, you know what? Because you were promoting the Midwest uh, beers, I got to promote a Midwest beer, too, starting off with my first noteworthy from Founders. Founders Brewing. You know, John, they're they're over here on the West Coast now, and 
every time something new comes, I've got to grab it. So I grabbed a bottle of the Sumatra Mountain Imperial Brown. It's a coffee brown ale. And I'll tell you what, this brown ale, Imperial Brown, with coffee is fantastic. Big dark roast coffee aroma in the in right up front. You, you sniff it, big coffee. But what's so nice is you take a sip, you get a mellower, like a medium roast coffee in the flavor up front that hangs around for a second but then gives way to the, the brown ale. And then it, it doesn't, you know, it's not overpowering where all you taste is coffee. Uh, I'm guessing they must have done maybe the dry beaning process that you do, John, because uh, it's like almost like a like a dry hopped or dry bean type of a like a dry hopped character you'd get by dry hopping, but with the beans. Um, although I will admit that after the beer is down, you do get a little bit of that taste on your tongue left over. But I'll tell you what, I was really impressed with the way that they used the coffee with this brown ale. Uh, I gave it five caps because I, I couldn't find any any reason why to to not give it a, a perfect rating. Uh, the coffee didn't add any extra bitterness to it. Uh, very well balanced, very well, very good flavor. So have you tried this one, John or Chris, either of you? I actually I just that. saw this in the store and I almost grabbed it, um, but I already had a couple expensive six packs in my hands already and this was like a 12 dollar four pack or something like that and i was like uh i couldn't justify it at the time but i guess if i go back and it's still there well you know what you don't you don't have to worry about it because if Kristen finds it she'll buy it right because she loves that you know that's true so and i think you guys owe it to yourself to try this beer it's it's really really good and chris have you tried it um i have not do you guys get founders down in Tampa or only when you go to Ohio? Nope, we get it here. And again, another channel of disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right, John. This That's just going to be the theme for this show is just disappointing. Okay. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, you know yeah. what? You don't have to be disappointed because now you know that it's good. And when you go to the store, you'll grab a great beer when you see it. See, you put the positive spin on it. Now <laughs> now I can just walk into a store, pick up this beer, and I don't have to question anything. Yeah, yeah. Or you hyped it too much and we'll end up being disappointed. Ooh, that could so be. That could, could be too. Full circle. Yeah, it could it could come full circle. <laughs> it could. All right. Like well that. well now stepping down a little bit, the next few that I have to say are, are not fives, they're fours, but they're still good beers, and I wanted to mention them all because I, I enjoyed them all. The first one we, we just started getting Belching Beaver into the did i already mention belching beaver last show john do you remember i don't think so i don't think you did i i know i mentioned them a while back when they came to washington okay okay well they're in oregon and my wife i i i don't remember if i told the story where i was coming back from my daughter and then they came into the town on a tuesday and i was coming back from pocatello on a wednesday and uh when i got home from that trip my my wife, you know, texts me says, "Hey, um, I got you some beer Tuesday night." I was like, "Okay." So I open my beer fridge, and what is in my fridge? A bunch of Belching Beaver beer. I'm like, "Holy smokes! How the hell did she know that Belching Beaver was coming in on Tuesday?" Well, she didn't know. She just happened to go by the co-op, saw that they were doing tastings of Belching Beaver that just arrived that day, 
and she tasted and enjoyed what she tasted and grabbed what they had for me. And I'll tell you what, um, this one was pretty good. Now, I've heard some people, oh, I haven't told you what it is yet. It's the Belching Beaver Orange Vanilla IPA. And it's basically a creamsicle IPA. It tastes like you're drinking a, a vanilla cream and orange uh, IPA. And it's pretty good. Now, I've heard some of my friends mention that maybe it, it tastes a little bit too artificial. I don't, I can see where maybe you can get some artificialness in it, but it's not over the top. Like, I, I think that Ballast Points flavored IPAs are way more artificial, coming across artificial than this one. I think this one is done well enough that, uh, you know, it's pretty drinkable. And we've drank I, two six packs of it already. Uh, because then the next day my wife went back to co-op after she found out how much I liked it and grabbed another six-pack of it. Uh, so, yeah, have, have, have you had the, the orange vanilla, either of you guys? No? Okay. John John must be back <laughs> no, on I, medicine. I, I was on John, again. John Sorry. ran away. Nope. No, <laughs> I was talking. <laughs> okay. No, we don't get belching beaver here. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll tell you that I've had everything that they've brought in. Oh, except for the Mexican chocolate, peanut butter chocolate stout. Um, I'm saving that one for my daughter. She's coming next weekend, and I wanted to share that with her, so I'm saving it for her. So I haven't had that one, but I've had everything else they've brought in. I'll tell you, they make some pretty good beer. I'm pretty impressed with uh, with the beers. Yeah, and I, I don't recall seeing this one, um, but I, I will say the way they came into Washington is they kind of brought four beers, and then they brought four different beers, and then they brought four more beers, and it just kind of just a rolling thing okay. of new stuff, Okay, um, which is kind of cool, yeah. the way to introduce themselves, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, keep an eye out, because they'll probably keep bringing some new things if no, they do it in the same manner. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I. I've had uh, five. I have five different beers that they brought in so far, and I've been. I mean, the one that was probably the one I haven't liked is I love the name, the miso honey, the miso honey golden ale. I think it is or something. I, I love the the name, but it it came across a little bit weak for me. But it was still decent. It was still a good drinker. Like golden, like a I think it was a blonde ale with a little bit of honey flavor in there. But the honey was real muted, so I was wanting to have more honey flavor in it you know like they do at that uh late addition so it's not using the ferment it's not fermentating the the honey out it's actually giving you the honey flavor like you mentioned john another beer at one point that did that which i can't remember right now so we'll just move on <laughs> um all right the next one i wanted to mention is anderson valley which is out of uh, california and, uh, you know, I'm a big, huge Goza fan, and I could have swore I have had this beer before, but I didn't log it in on tap, so I grabbed it again. It's their G&T, which is Gin and Tonic Goza. And I'll tell you what, uh, it's a darn good Goza. It really kind of mimics that gin and, you know, the gin uh, junipery, uh, you know, flavors in this Goza with a little bit of saltiness to it. Uh if you can get Anderson Valley and you want to try a, a decent Goza, it's not too tart, not too salty, just kind of right amount of each, and it has a little bit of a lime, limeish uh, tartness to it, uh, with a little bit of flowery notes. Uh, it's pretty good. I really liked it. Have you have you had the the gin and tonic Goza before, John? 
no, this is another one I actually just saw at the store. Oh, so okay. They, they have it here as well. Uh, I almost grabbed it after I saw you log it. So yeah. Um, Denny, ask me. Ask me that. if I've had it. Oh, Chris, have you had this Goza? Yes, I have. I oh. actually like this one. Oh, excellent, Chris. <laughs> now, have you recently had it, or did you have it like a while ago? Uh, it's been within the last sixty days. Oh, well, good, excellent. See, but so... I stole it. From, I stole it from Megan when she was drinking it. <laughs> so I realized that I like it. Yeah, because again, for someone, I think this is one of those gozas for someone who doesn't necessarily like sours or tart beers. It's a really good one. It's not over the top and is drinkable and. It tastes like, you know, it doesn't taste like it's, uh, you know, it's, it's going to melt the enamel off your teeth or, or anything. Yeah. It's really, it's really good. Well, good. Thank you, Chris, for for re- reassuring our listeners that it's a, it's a great goza. <laughs> All right, and then I'm mentioning a fourth one because there was one more I just had to mention, and it's the 10th anniversary of Double Mountain. Double Mountain is a brewery out of Hood River, Oregon. And they make some pretty tasty beers that that we get in the Boise area. And uh, to celebrate their 10-year, they made a tenacious 10 Imperial Oatmeal Stout. And I'll tell you what, this was a really good oatmeal stout, Imperial Oatmeal Stout. The body, the mouthfeel, the body, the roastiness, everything was just the way I like it in a nice, solid, uh, you know, strong stout with a good oatmeal body to it. So... I wanted to mention to any of our listeners here in the West Coast area, if you can grab this, grab it before it's gone. Uh, it won't be there very long. and Very, very good. All right, so there are our noteworthy beers. All right, now we did get a little feedback from our listeners. And the first one I'm going to read was from Mike Allen. He messaged us on Facebook. And to give a little backstory real quick is that he asked us a, a month or so ago uh, that, hey, he was going to be visiting Seattle and he wanted John to provide him some great breweries to visit. Well, John was on the road to Ohio, so I took charge and I gave him a few places that are John's and my favorite places in Seattle. And this is his response from what I had provided him. He said, Hi guys, I just wanted to thank you for the great recommendations. I hit most of them and especially enjoyed Rubens and Ghostfish. Also, I wanted to thank you guys for the great podcast. I recently passed my certified... Cicerone exam, while I don't work in the industry currently, it's something I'm hoping to make a shift into in a few years. That said, your podcast was a great subsidy to my studies for the exam, and I just want to thank you for all the great information. So what do you think, John? He, He called out, I think, you know, what I can easily say is my favorite Seattle brewery, but one of your favorites also with Rubens, what do you, you, you yeah. Yeah. I was sad. I missed it. I saw him checking in on untapped and I was like, Oh man, you know, that's, uh, we've had folks come into Seattle before and it just hasn't worked out. Like it, our scheduling just didn't line up. And once again, I mean, scheduling didn't line up in a big way. This time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with Rubens and, uh, you know, Ghostfish is, is a nice little place, uh, they do yeah and there's a lot of breweries that are down in that area now um so you can you can do a nice little uh excursion yeah um, down in that south downtown area yeah so yeah he and he visited a lot of breweries in that one weekend he was there i i want to say it was like eight or more 
maybe even more, because he also visited some meteries with his wife. So it might have been 10, 10 different stops, and that is really good. You know how difficult it is to get from place to place in that traffic of Seattle. Yeah, uh, and because I know where the bulk of the meteries are, and they're not close to anything else yeah. <laughs> brewery-wise. So, yeah, no, they did good. So, uh, yeah, congratulations, Mike, on passing, becoming a certified Cicerone. And, hey, hopefully you can find, you know, a job in the industry that you really enjoy uh, soon. And, uh, yeah, share that with us when you do find something. Maybe we can come visit your uh, establishment and you can, uh, you know, give us a good advice on uh, what beers pair with uh, with whatever you guys are serving. It would be great. Yeah, and serve it exactly to specifications. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, John. Perfect glassware. Yes, perfect glassware. Yeah, not out of the bottle. Yeah. All right, John. We also had another uh, feedback from our buddy David. You want to read that one? Yeah, David uh, mentioned on Twitter at Yojimbo2000. He said, uh, listening to episode 72. It's a great episode. Surprised John is so patient during the interview. I would have claimed proprietary information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you guys are lucky I gave you anything tonight. I'm just feeling generous. <laughs> yeah, I got a I got a good laugh out of that. Uh, I mean, I think I mean, I don't know. I I, I see his point. I see your point too, John. That uh, you don't want to give too much away because it is a a competitive industry, and you are, you know, you are preparing to try to give something new to your your clients your customers so you don't want to give that away to someone else steals it before you you get it so we'll wait but once you reopen chains come off and you're gonna spill your guts because then there's no reason for you to keep it all in right you can tell us the all the nitty-gritty no i mean at that point i'll say you have to visit us to find out oh, no. oh. <laughs> okay. or we'll just sit here while you read untapped and everyone's disappointment since That's we're on true. a disappointment episode <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right well hey thank you guys for the feedback we really appreciate it keep just keep sending those those comments and questions to either you know through our twitter account at tap the craft or of course our facebook page you know we love to, to respond back on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash tap the craft. And of course, we also have our open forum radio.com uh, uh, post that you can leave comments to. Uh, feel free to, to leave it and email us at, at uh, tap the craft at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions. We love to answer them. And of course, it comes to the time of the show. We want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting our show. They do provide our hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you like the show that John, Chris, and I are are putting out, then we're pretty sure you'll find other great content on the network like the following. Hey, you. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny and John. Now, I know you're a crafty consumer. And if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out OpenFormRadio.com. We house such podcasts as Opaform Radio Proper, The 40 Cast, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft. All right, now it's time for our Brew Buzz segment. We kind of have a, a fun segment this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about beer slinging, which is an article from Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine that was provided by our buddy David Makazuki 
who uh, who just left uh, you know feedback for John on Twitter. Uh, he left this on our Facebook page, so it's a great article. We can find the link on our Facebook page, and I'll have it in our show notes. So if you want to find out, we're only going to take a few of the ones I thought were really kind of interesting, and then our listeners would really enjoy learning more about some of these terms that they hear, you know, from either us or on the internet or from people talking in the background at their local brewery or pub. So I wanted to just grab a few of the notable ones to share with you all. So I'm going to start it off, and we'll just do a round robin, and we'll just go through and, and each take one uh, as we go through. So the first one I'm going to talk about is called the beached well. It's a, it's a noun. It's used as a noun. And it typically is a result of someone suggesting, quote, let's open just one more the night before a, a beach well is a super special beer that you regret opening the next day when you wake up and realize that you left half of it in the bottle. Uh, yeah, that is a, uh, that's a beached well. And I think we've all been there. Uh, nope. N- never? Nuh-uh. <laughs> nope. You've never been there where you, you, you don't realize you guys have drank a little too much and then you have this wild idea to open this big big well that once you open it, you realize, wow, this is way too potent to finish? No, you finish no. it like a champ and you continue <laughs> That's <on>. right. <laughs> no, I, I've, I've never actually heard it ter- termed this way. I've always known it as a wounded soldier. Okay. And uh, I have a policy of leaving no man behind. Okay. So. Good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. You guys, you guys are good. You guys are good. I, um, I don't know. I, I think I may have left uh, a bigger beard that I, I may have, I may have left the beach well before. I don't remember what it was. Well, you're but I'm a sure quitter. I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a quitter. I'm a quitter. All right. Well, hey, you know what, uh, Chris? Why don't you take the next one? Because I think you're familiar with this. Yeah, we're familiar with this next term is beer mail. And uh, beer mail is actually not mail at all since technically it's illegal to ship alcohol via the Postal Service. Mm-hmm. And uh, us as craft beer lovers, we always obey the laws, right? Yep. Um, so it is, however, uh, a shipment of beer sent from one craft beer lover to another. Uh, when one receives beer mail, it's often an evident eliciting often an event eliciting social media status updates such as quote unexpected beer mail arrived today from blank at facebook uh, (laughs) (laughs) or from so-and-so taking the afternoon off to gawk at my new hall of whales hashtag whales bro hashtag craft beer hashtag beer mail wow yeah have you done that absolutely (laughs) You're you're pretty right. yeah you're pretty good at this uh, beer mail. I know that uh, we have some listeners too that are really good at getting getting and receiving beer mail. Like our here, my buddy here in, in the Boise area, Tom Byrne. Uh, you know he's always uh, you know he participates quite a lot in the beer mail. So yeah, I, I just can't afford to see the hashtag Wales bro. Yeah, Wales bro. I, I need you. Uh, I need you from to now on. I <laughs> uh, that isn't totally. I is not me. But you know what? For you. All right. For some whales. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next we've got uh, one that I'm familiar with, and that's bottle bomb. Mm. Uh, bottle bombs are bottles that explode before opened uh, due to overcarbonation. Oh, wow. Uh, more, more carbon with common with homebrew uh, than with commercially produced beer. The overcarbonation is usually a result of too much fermentable sugar 
remaining in the beer when it is capped, resulting in excess carbon dioxide and pressure buildup. Yeah, this is actually how uh, this podcast came to be in a, a roundabout way. Kind of, bottle yeah. bomb. Yeah, <laughs> me correcting Denny about what a bottle bomb was. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. That's going back a few years for sure. Just a couple. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, I haven't experienced any bottle bombs myself. I, but I have a lot of friends that have uh, experienced it. So, hey, Chris, have you yet had a bottle bomb from your home brewing? I have not. Okay. Knock on. But, you know, knock I'm, on sure wood. Only, I'm sure it's. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it's only a matter of time. Okay. All right. Here's here's a term I never heard of, but I love. I love this term. I think it's pretty funny. It's called a Chewbacca. And a Chewbacca is the ultimate sidekick. This is the person who accompanies a beer geek to a bottle release so the aforementioned geek can get another allotment of beer. And it's, here's a little example. Keith took his 89-year-old grandma to the Jester King release as his Chewbacca. Wow, that's some balls there, taking grandma to the yeah. <laughs> to release to grab an extra bottle for you. Have you done this? Yeah, but, you know, I, I see this all the time. Um, we, we call them beer mules. Okay. Okay, so, so I kind of in a, in a, not a, I wouldn't call my wife my Chewbacca. But that would be, you know, not right. But because she, because most, I mean, lately we've been going to these beer festivals and stuff, and you have to have a ticket to get in, and you, and they're not doing the, they're really not doing the designated driver thing anymore. So now I got to buy two full size tickets and she's not drinking. So in a way I'm paying to get double the samples, I guess, but in a way I'm losing because now I'm paying twice maybe, but like we're going to be going to the Portland craft beer festival this year. And I've got two tickets. I got myself the VIP ticket, which is a six ounce glass and 15 tickets. And I got her the regular one, which is a four ounce and 15 tickets. So I'm going to be able to get 15 or at least 10 more six ounce pours, I think, because I've got the bigger glass. So I'm going to work out pretty good. She's, she's going to be my mule, Chewbacca, whatever. Is that the same? <laughs> if you don't pass out first. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. I, I never heard of that one before. The mule, I've heard the mule before. All right, Chris, what's next? All right. Okay. So the next term we have is complex. Uh, used by beer drinkers and home brewers in an attempt to describe a beer that they can't figure out. Uh, quote, this is a Belgian-style dry hop doppelbock, blended quadruple <laughs> IPA, aged in bourbon barrels with cocoa nibs, kumquat extract, and used Kleenex. It's really complex. <laughs> oh, wow. This is... This is... Oh, wow. I, I love a good Kleenex uh, <laughs> adjunct to my beer. <laughs> uh, now, now, John, is this something you might uh, brew up? <laughs> Kleenex yeah. beer? Yeah, yeah, kumquat with que- with Kleenex. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you, you should you, you're building your stock of Kleenex right now while you're yeah. sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Yeah. Who knows? Next, coming soon. Um. So the next uh, beer slang is a uh, cool ship. And the cool ship has been around since beer's earliest beginnings, uh, but its use has seen a resurgence in the United States in recent years as farmhouse sales have gained in popularity. A shallow cooling pan or trough that allows fresh hot wort to cool slowly, cool ship also exposes the wort to yeast that occurs naturally in the air, 
After cooling, the wort is transferred to fermenters where it is monitored closely until it is ready to carbonate and package. Hmm. Uh, the Croizen in the cool ship was soaring this morning. I can't wait to try that spont. <laughs> spont, huh? <laughs> I feel like spont would be the beer slang here, not cool ship. Yeah. Cool ship. It's like kind of been around for a long time. I, I, um, I agree. They used the wrong term here. It should be spont. Yeah. Spont. <laughs> Which is new. That's a new one for me. I understand it means spontaneous, but I, I don't know. I might have to use that now. Spont. Yeah, it sounds like a spot left in your pants when uh, you didn't quite. <laughs> Never mind. Whales, bro. <laughs> All right. Uh, is it me next? Is it my... or no? Who's next? I, I lost track with that. You're, I, I got... you're next. Uh, it's you. Okay. You're up, Denny, on drain pour. Okay. You're our, you're our drain pour. All right, the drain pour, and uh, I think <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone probably understands what a drain pour is, but let's in case you don't. It's the, uh, they say it's perhaps the saddest of beer slang. The drain pour is also the most expensive. Imagine opening the bottle of rare beer that you've been cellaring for ages, only to find out it's turned to vinegar and so vile that it has to be poured down the drain. Brewers and drinkers alike universally hate drain pours. Steve watched his tears fall into the sink and mix with the lacto-infected drain pour. So I've I've only had one beer that was bad enough for me to pour down a drain, um, which is pretty good I think for all the beers that I've had. There's only been now there's been beers that weren't up to par, but none that I I didn't find that I couldn't drink except for one. Now how about you guys? Have you guys had drain pours that, especially of a rare beer? A rare beer. Uh, I don't recall any off the top of my head, but I know I've had beers where I've tried it and just said to hell with it and dumped it yeah how about you john i've dumped five gallons at a time so. <laughs> well that too yeah, yeah. <laughs> but have you I have dumped a batch before john have you had something you had in your cellar for like two years uh and then you were really looking forward to it and then you popped it and then it just tasted vile no okay good I, i've had things that didn't meet my expectations but they weren't to this level okay so okay well good good all right. So on the next one we have is Fronters. Uh, these are the these are the beers that you buy before hosting a party and put in the front of your fridge, deftly blocking access to the better beer selection in the back. For home brewers, Fronters are often compromised of undercarbonated bottles of Kolsch and Irish Red Homebrew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the quote is, I saw that John was coming to the party. Yeah, I knew John was coming too. <laughs> I knew, saw that John was coming to the party and I knew, I knew I needed some Fronters in the beer fridge so he wouldn't drink my whales. Whales, bro. <laughs> yeah. Whales, bro. <laughs> I, uh, I I don't I don't appreciate the dig at homebrews here, but uh, you know my solution to this is uh, garage fridge. I I that and I have no problem with yelling at people not to drink what I don't want them to drink. Well, that, <laughs> so. that may be that may be a dig at homebrewers, but who's open in their own brewery? <laughs> Just saying. Oh. Yeah. All right. So John, don't put any fronters in front of your uh, beer. Yeah. All, all fronters in the tap room. Everything I want to drink. Yeah. That'd be a bad, be a bad business decision. Yeah, that wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, so graveyard. 
And as the orderly arrangement of empty bottles as tombstones in a cemetery uh, following a craft beer drinking session. Also known as boneyards, graveyards often appear in photos on social media. Do you see the graveyard from Steve's bottle share last night on Instagram? I think there were six or seven loons in there. <laughs> What's a loon? That's a new one. I don't know. I'm lost. <laughs> oh, Chris, help uh, us. Uh, did, yeah, the loons. I, I didn't know what the loons were either when I was reading this. Um, I, I didn't see these in the uh, in the actual article. So yeah, yeah. okay. We, we just read we just read something because it was there. Yeah, just to let you know. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. How about the rotator? And this is something that I think we see a lot in pubs and breweries. So the rotator in many bars and restaurants, certain breweries have a dedicated tap through which they can rotate their seasonal or special release beers. For craft beer lovers, these beers are often some of the most intriguing on the beer list. For servers, they are invariably the most difficult to remember. Very true. Very true. Um, so yeah, that's a rotator. I, I always look forward to the rotators and, and you're right. Whenever I'm at a place that says seasonal or rotator and I ask the server, what's your seasonal rotator? It's always a blank look like, uh, I don't remember what's on right now. So it is a, a tough one for him. All right. So the next one is uh, safety beer. The beer that you take to a party or event, just in case all the beer that's being served there sucks. <laughs> the, <laughs> these beers are typically better than your average beer, but nothing you'd get bent out of shape over if you had to share with strangers. I went to this party at the Town & Country Resort in San Diego on Friday night, and luckily I took Growler of Society's The Butcher with me as my safety beer. <laughs> wow. The Butcher, huh? Is that, is that a good beer, John? Uh, I don't remember if I had the, I've been to society. I can't remember if I had the butcher. Okay. Okay. Now, have you guys done this? Have you taken safety beer? Yes. Yeah. I have yep. to. Yeah. Okay. We've all done it. And so, uh, okay, good. So I solved the mystery of the loon. Okay. Um, it, it's a, apparently an abbreviation of Cantillone that oh. people use. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. All right. Now probably the best uh, beer mm-hmm. sign is shelf turd. <laughs> and that's uh, it's a noun. Plural would be shelf turds, according to the article. But um, it's a beer that has been sitting on the shelf of a retail establishment well past its prime, turning it into the equivalent of brewing excrement. Mm. Uh, often on the higher end of price, they may lure unsuspecting or hurried beer lovers into making a purchase they will soon regret. Uh, drain pours of shelf turds are completely acceptable and often cathartic. Who brought that six-year-old IPA shelf turd to the party? Oh, God. <laughs> see, uh, quote for that one. Yeah, this is this is a, a moment to say check the dates. Yeah, um, especially oh, yeah. on hoppy stuff. Check the dates before you buy it. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I I will say this too. I'm really happy that more breweries are actually using real dates instead of the Julian dates that they were using for so many years it's it's nice to see a real date on there now have you guys noticed that there's been more you know real dates instead of julian special code dates yeah we always uh, look for them yeah the the problem is everybody has their own definition of best buy out there needs to be a standard across yeah. the industry of like this is when we brewed it yeah and then there needs to be an, an expectation on the customer to know what styles are good when because some breweries have like 
eight month dates, best buy dates for their IPAs. And that's just not right. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So that just tell me when you brewed it, I'll figure out the math from there. Yeah. So I, I agree. The ones I like the most are the, the labels that have brewed on this date and then right under it says best enjoyed within, you know, 60 days or whatever after it. I mean, I like the, those type of labels the best. Cause then you know when it was brewed and you know, if you can, you know, add 90 days or whatever it has on there that you should still get what the brewery expects the flavor to be like. All right. The next one is a UBI, which is an unexplained beer injury. And the origin of this term is often attributed to doctors in Britain. Yes, in Britain, who would encounter inebriated patients in their emergency room, unable to explain how they sustained their injuries. Example, I got nine stitches from a UBI last night, and apparently I also got married. <laughs> so, uh, wow, that you really have to uh, drink a lot to be getting these unexplained beer injuries. Have, have you guys experienced this? Mm, no. Okay. No, I can explain it. Yeah, me too. That's just it. I can explain every beer injury <laughs> I ever received. Well, um, now there's always videos and pictures, so they're always ex- there's always an explanation. Yeah, true, true. All right, so the last one we have is Wallflowers, um, wa- a beer that ends up spending all their time along the walls of your fridge, often long past their prime because you just can't bring yourself to drink them. Uh, the example is, did you see the new sampler 12-pack they just released? It's like 50% Wallflowers. Oh. Wh- whales, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whales, bro. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so it's interesting that I like that they use this uh, this example of, of a sampler pack because I feel the same way that there's certain beers that are in the sampler pack that I'm I'm not going to be intrigued to drink right away, right? So they will sit in my fridge longer just because I need to be in a mood or it needs to be – I need to be desperate. To, it's to that drink. whole bunch of fat tire that you collect through like new Belgium samplers and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> that's, yeah. So that's the way it used to be was I would never drink the fat tires. But lately, I have to admit, I've really it, I've really come to appreciate the fat tire. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what's changed. Ever since we had that tasting, John, on the show, I've started to drink it more. And now when I get the new Belgian sample packs, I don't hesitate to drink the fat tires. In fact, they go down you know, pretty easy. But you're right. It's similar things like that. For me, it's... Um, well, it's it's just the standard flagship that yeah. you can pick up any time or True. you've had a ton of, but yeah. you want that one thing that's in that pack that you can't get in any other way. Yeah. So yeah. you have to get it. Yeah. And now you have a bunch of stuff that you didn't you didn't initially want, but it's there now. And so Very true. Very true. All right. Well, that's our beer slanging. If you want to see the article, we have there's there's at least 17 more in the article that we talked about. Uh, you can just find the link on our show post page at openformradio.com and click it, go to there, and check out all the other slings that we didn't talk about. All right, I'm going to very quickly mention our Check It Out segment. And the Check It Out segment, we don't do it all the time. It's only when we find something that we really want our listeners to go check out. And on this episode, I found a new craft beer podcast. It's called Cascadian Beer Podcast. It's actually been around for one year, just turned one year a couple days ago. Uh, And this podcast focuses on interviewing breweries in the Pacific Northwest region, and specifically 
in the Oregon, Washington, and Vancouver, B.C. area, right along the Cascadian Mountain Range. Uh, and, this, and, and he focuses on interviewing these breweries and finding out the stories behind, behind how they got started and what their motivations were for entering into the craft beer industry. And I'll tell you what, um, he does a really good job interviewing and getting some uh, some very, uh, I mean, inter- I mean, there's interesting stories of how these how they became. You know, everyone is different. Everyone has their own reason for opening a brewery, and I really appreciate it. Now, you can find this podcast at Cascadian.beer, and I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't realize beer had its own uh, dot beer acronym or whatever they call that thing on the Internet. So that's kind of cool. He has his Cascadian.beer. So he currently has 24 episodes. In fact, I just learned today that he released a new one as we're recording. I haven't listened to that one, but... I did listen to all 23 of the previous ones. I actually did it in a four-day period because I uh, I was driving back and forth from Pocatello, which is a three-hour trip each way, and these 20-minute episodes were just a perfect length for me to go through and, and get through a bunch of them with the trip back and forth. So, um, yeah, it's it's a great little podcast. I listened to all of them except for the current one. Uh, and I, I can honestly say I enjoyed every one. Uh, there's really some interesting stories in there, and I, I encourage you guys to go check it out. And we'll have a link in the show posts so you can find it really easy. All right. Well, guys, um, I think we're getting to the end of the show. But before we close out, let's go ahead and uh, let's give some toast out. Let's raise a glass to people you want to raise a glass to. So, Chris, or no, John, who do you want to raise a glass to? I'm going to raise my glass to uh, Mike and David. Uh, thanks for the feedback. And thanks for listening. And uh, thanks, everybody, for downloading and taking time. Appreciate it. And I wanted to uh, raise my glass to Dustin and Caitlin. Uh, guys, thank you so much for, one, for all the beer, but for all the fun time in uh, Asheville. Uh, it was great to meet meet up with some listeners and, and just spend some time with them and um, just have some fun and some beers. So we're, we're really excited to do that. Um, and also to Jeff and Carla from Hopcloth, uh, we're really excited to partner up with you guys. And uh, uh, I'm hopefully going to be meeting up with Carla to take her some beer from Asheville uh, tomorrow. So. Oh, nice. Nice. All right. Well, and I have a, a, a couple uh, toasts I want to do, too. And first one is, uh, in, in case you haven't heard, uh, there was a, a musician who, who passed away this last week, uh, Chris Cornell from Soundgarden and Audio Slave and a bunch of other stuff that he's done with other artists. And uh, I don't know. I don't normally mention when celebrities or music musicians or, you know, rock stars, whatever, uh, you know, pass away because it's, you know, yeah, it's sad, but it doesn't really bother me. This one bothers me a little bit for a couple of reasons. That's why I want to just, you know, mention that for one thing, I was in the Seattle area at the time that, grunge music was starting and Chris Cornell and Soundgarden were right at the forefront of that whole music period. And that's the first time that I've been like, you know, involved kind of in, in a startup of that type of thing. So I was really attached to their music and we followed them all the way through his career. And we really enjoyed their music. The sad thing is, is that he actually killed himself this last week. And what's, I wanted to bring to attention is that it's, it's, believed by his wife that he didn't kill himself because he just wanted to kill himself. 
he was on some medication and uh, and he may have taken too many of the medication or he may have mixed it with either drugs or with alcohol and it had an adverse reaction where it made him not himself and I know that there's a lot of people out there that are taking medication to help him through anxiety and depression and other uh, you know type things and I just want to I've had several friends that have had adverse reactions and have near near-death experiences or near you know they're on the verge of doing what Chris Cornell did and committing suicide when they're not in the right mind I just urge everyone to be aware and if your loved ones or, or you know family members or friends are on some medication and their dose changes and they they are acting a little bit strange so please tell someone and reach out so that we can help prevent this type of tragedy from happening to other people and it's just sad that that you know he's only a few years older than me and I think that you know wow you know he I'm hoping to have a long lot longer life than I have right now and and I think he would have had uh, a longer life and his wife actually from what I've read actually you know tried to reach out and get some help because she wasn't on tour with him and whatever happened didn't quite work out and it's just sad that you know he's leave he's left his his wife and family so i just want to raise my glass to chris cornell and all the you know good music that he and memories and stuff that he left with uh, you know all the fans out there um the other thing is uh you know what this weekend is going to be McMor- you know when you listen to this it's going to be memorial day weekend and it's a time when uh, it's a, it's a special time for me because uh, I'm actually named after my father, who was named after his uncle, who died a prisoner of war in World War II. So for me, every day that I hear my name reminds me that, you know, my great uncle died for the United States to have our freedoms and stuff. So I just want to encourage everyone out there on Monday, while you're enjoying your day off, if you're off, or even if you're not, if you walk by an American flag, just stop for a minute. And just to yourself, say thank you for all those who have gone out there to protect our freedoms and who have who have passed in the duty of of that service. So, uh, I raise my glass to all the the people who have who have uh, sacrificed themselves for our freedoms. Also, of course, being a firm, former serviceman, I got to raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there. Cheers to you! And of course, as Chris mentioned, I have to raise my glass to Hopcloth. I want to raise Raise it up to them for their apparel and for partnering up with us. And I encourage all of our listeners to go visit their site and check out their creative craft beer clothing and tell them that Tap the Craft sent you. Okay, and you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned in the show in the show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you would like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, Ununtapped, at Loose Screw. And John, how can our listeners follow you? Twitter at Prime Brewing, Untap Prime WA, and uh, you can follow Kristen and everything she's doing for Trek Brewing on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trek Brewing, or visit the website, trekbeer.com. All right. And Chris, how about you? And you can follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82, and on Tapped and Instagram at MCK1345. And of course, you can always always find me on Facebook.com <laughs> forward slash tap the craft. All right. I was going to say, hey, we can't find you on Facebook, but yeah, you just said it. Excellent. All right, guys. It is last call. It is time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend and to subscribe 
on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn Radio or Google Play or Podbean or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.